Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question that I'm afraid to hear the answer. Good, I like these kind of questions. Do you think I'm submissive? Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. Do you think I'm submissive? Do you think it's easy for me to be submissive? My pause tells you everything. Oh, no. I mean, in in many ways, we have to define submissive, which we can maybe do today. But you're a strong, (laughs) strong, leading woman. So you're saying no. I mean, you have obviously submitted in many ways. And I hopefully can say I've submitted you know, to you in many ways. But, yeah, it's not your first default. (laughs) (laughs) The first time we went to a weekend to remember, and we've been to several, and now we've been speaking at the weekend to remember for several decades, over 30 years. And, by the way, if you don't know what a weekend to remember is, it's a family life marriage weekend, which is powerful from Friday to Sunday, and you can go. Just go to familylifetoday.com. It really has changed marriages, thousands of marriages for the better. But the first time I sat in this, the women have a breakout session. And so... I looked at the notes and I thought, we're going to talk about submission. <laughs> and I was a brand new Christian. And I sat in the back and I crossed my arms thinking, oh, here we go. This is that Jesus stuff. This is <laughs> every wife is supposed to submit. And I remember thinking, and I am not going to do that because my mom was a doormat and I will not be a doormat. What I didn't realize is that I had a very poor definition of submission. I had no idea what biblical submission was. And so that was the first time I had heard what biblical submission was. And I uncrossed my arms and I thought, oh, I had no idea that's what it is. And so, you guys, this is a big day. We're going to talk about what is submission in the Bible? What should it look like? How do we do it? We've got Dr. Julie Slattery with us. I'm not thinking this is your number one topic you like talking about. No, nope. There's a lot of things I talk about in ministry work. Some of them are very controversial, but none more so than this one. Really? Mm-hmm. But, Julie, what I love about you is you're authentic, you're wise, you're really smart, you've done a lot of research, and you're theologically so sound. You love Jesus, and you want women to understand what our role is and what the power we have in who God has called us to be. But you do a really good job in your book, Finding the Hero in Your Husband, of addressing this, talking about what it is and what it isn't. Hmm. So maybe we should start out with, has that been easy for you? No. I think all of us come to this topic with a misunderstanding of what it means. And baggage. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
And I know so many Christian speakers and writers and authors who are just ditching this whole concept now because it's so unpopular and we can point to so many ways that has been misused and abused within the larger church culture and in marriages. And so they're like, this is just not a good teaching. Yeah. So let's ignore it or let's find a way to talk ourselves out of it. Maybe that was a cultural thing. But as I study the scriptures, I have become convinced that this is not something we should just chuck. It's something we need to grapple with. Because a Christian marriage is first and foremost a form of revelation. What's that mean? It means that God created marriage to reveal something about his nature. It reveals the nature of how God loves us, his covenant love. And so when we take that seriously, we can't just say, you know what, this is culturally not cool to talk about. It doesn't seem to fit anymore. We have to say if God created marriage to be this form of revelation, we have to be very careful about muting that revelation in any way. Hmm. And so there's a sense to which we're ministering to one another, teaching each other about the nature of God's love, not just to us, but to a watching world. Hmm. So like that word covenant, most people don't even know what that means anymore. They hear it and it's like, what is that? Because in our modern day, we think of marriage as any other relationship. It's a contract. Mm. As long as you're making me happy, I'm in. But as soon as it gets too frustrating or disappointing, I'm out. But God's love for us is a covenant love. It's based on character. It's based on a promise. It's based on his faithfulness. It's a journey of intimate knowing. And so God created marriage to reflect all these beautiful aspects of our relationship with him. And when we do marriage well, we're getting an echo of that, Hmm. that we enjoy ourselves. But again, it's also a testimony to the world to say, that's different. That's a different kind of love. So, Julie, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. And then you hear wives submit to your husband. It's Ephesians yeah. 5, 22. Can we just take our marker and cross that out? Right. Some people are saying, yeah. No, most men are like, that's the only Bible verse I know. <laughs> that's there really other, sad. You know, it is sad, but sad. there are men that know that, mm-hmm. but they don't know what does that mean. Yeah. What yeah. does it mean, wives submit? So help us out. Yeah. First of all, we have got to understand that God has given women within marriage a lot of power. And I would say they actually have more power than men have. Well, all the men are saying, what do you mean by more power? We see relationship much more nuanced than the average guy does. And because of that, we have this power to speak in a way that creates an atmosphere in the relationship that can be positive or negative. And every wife intuitively kind of knows when we're punishing our husbands, we're manipulating them, we're controlling them because we're not happy, we don't feel safe, we're not getting our way. And so women have much more power than men in marriage to define the emotional climate. I'll give you an example. Each of our sons is married. They're married to amazing women. And I think it's been one of the joys of my heart to see how much they love their wives. And I'm like, oh, man, these guys, they are so in love with these amazing women. And I've also watched these amazing women with a look Mm -hmm. or a word, just a couple words. And I can see like, 
oh, man, that just devastated them. And I realized, like, oh, I used to hear that women have power, and now I'm seeing it right in front of me. And I remember thinking, I need to pray more for them because they don't understand the power they carry. They can make a hero out of him or they can make him feel like he's nothing. Right. There's a power there. And what we have to understand is in this form of revelation of marriage, God is asking both the husband and wife to walk into their greatest fear. So for a man, his Mm. greatest fear is failing. Mm. And so when he charges a man, hey, I want you to initiate, I want you to lead, I want you to step into doing something that doesn't feel comfortable or you might not immediately succeed at, to being a father, being a husband, being a leader, he's asking the man to take a great risk. And he's asking the woman to step back a little bit and not control, not to manipulate, but to trust. And so within this form of revelation called marriage, we both are in this insecure place. And the natural tendency is either for the man to lead without sensitivity and he becomes out of control. Domineering. Yeah. And a woman doesn't use her power at all. She just kind of buries it. And we get into abusive type situations or the man becomes passive and the woman in one way or another takes over. And then we've kind of twisted the revelation of what it was supposed to be. What about the woman that says, but I want to be the one that's leading out there. What would you say to them? Like, oh, I'm better at I, I, it. I'm sitting beside that woman. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll ask you, I'll ask you a question. Did you really want to lead or did you lead because you were afraid? Look how wise she is. She Ooh, knows the answer. That's a good counseling question. What would I be afraid of? You'd be afraid that he'll lead you wrong, that he's going to make a mistake. You see his weaknesses. And so you trust yourself more than you trust him. Yes. And I think, you know, what's even more is not trusting the kids with him. Mm-hmm. I maybe could suffer under it. Yeah. Not this isn't you, honey, but I'm thinking of women. Hypothetical. Of yeah. <laughs> A friend. But when your kids. Yeah. Now that's when the mama bear rises up in women that think. No, I will not let that happen. I will take charge. And you know, there are times to do that, Mm. but we do that so often when it's not necessary. Yeah. So let me give an example. (laughs) When our kids were little, Mike worked the nine to five job and I was working as a counselor a few nights a week. So he would come home from work. We'd high five. He'd be with the boys and I'd go work. And I will have throughout the day really limited screen time for the boys I made like a healthy dinner for them to warm up. I know where this is going. Where's it going? What happened? <laughs> He's going to have screen time and not healthy food. Right. So he would order pizza and <laughs> put the kids in their high chairs and it was watch a Disney movie. Mm. Yes. Every wife can relate to this yeah. illustration. So I would come home at 10 o'clock at night and give him a hug and then look around and recognize that he didn't eat the food I made. Mm. And then I'd ask him, what did you guys do? And he'd tell me. And I would be so angry. Yeah. And instead of saying to him, man, you just worked, you know, nine to five job. You're exhausted. You're home with babies and toddlers. Thanks for staying home with yeah. them. Yeah. And you're the fun dad. I get that. This is your bonding time. I was like, I am so mad at him. I work so hard to do this all day. And then he just blows it. And so those are the examples of how we as women have that mama bear rise up when it's completely unnecessary. And what I had to learn is that I had to be more invested in what we were building as a couple and as a family than in the decision about whether they ate the chicken or the pizza. That's good. And it took a long time to learn that. Me too. 
And I'm still learning. Yeah. But let's get into, let's talk about what submission is not. Yes. So first of all, submission is not obedience. And I think sometimes people interchange these two words, but they're actually two different Greek words that mean two different things. So obedience is this concept of you have authority over me. I'm going to do what you say because you know better. Whereas submission is I'm yielding my power. I could take over, but I'm choosing to yield it in a way that is for a higher goal. Hmm. Because I got a bigger vision of what we're headed towards. The difference, I think it's an illustration. So let's say a father tells his eight-year-old kid, we're going to go rob a bank. Here's what I need you to do. Point the gun. Demand the money. If they go to court, the kid's going to get leniency, probably nothing, because the father was abusing the authority and the kid was being obedient. Now, if a husband does that to his wife, then the woman's completely accountable for her actions. There's no such thing as obeying your husband. It's choosing how I'm going to use my power. And am I going to use it to take over or I'm going to use it to yield for a higher good, which means sometimes I'm going to put my foot down and say, no, I'm not doing that. And so that's one thing that submission is not. The second thing, we've already kind of fleshed this out a little bit, but it's not the absence of power. It's not being a doormat. It's not being weak. When we see Jesus being submissive when he was here on earth, he was not weak at all. He actually had great self-restraint and great power and great wisdom, but he could see that higher thing that meant, I'm not going to do what I want in the moment. There's a vision of something greater here. Um, So I think those are some of the things that we need to say. This is not what we're talking about when we look at the concept of submission. And so it's not following our husbands into anything that would be not biblical or wise. It's Mm -hmm. not abuse of any kind. No. You know, the question is, what is it? Because there's part of me that thinks, okay, if you're a woman trying to be submissive to a man who's not good. Yes. It's easy to think of a, a man with goodwill. Yes. But if your husband's not being a good man or good husband, how do you use this submission? What What's that look like? Yeah, well, first we need to understand that submission is under the authority of God. And so it's not so much that I'm submitting to my husband, but I'm submitting to mm. the authority of God. He's the higher authority in all of this. And so it's recognizing that if my husband is doing things or asking me to participate in things that are against the heart of God, then I'm going to obey God rather than submit to my husband. And actually, it is the loving thing to do to draw a boundary, to put your foot down, to create a crisis. Submission actually requires far more strength than taking over does. Hmm. If we look at First Peter chapter 3, and we can unpack this a little bit, but one of the things that Peter says when he's talking about wives being submissive and he talks about having a quiet spirit, notice he doesn't talk about having a quiet mouth, but a quiet spirit. Hmm. He says, be like Sarah who submitted to her husband and did not give way to fear. Now, I mentioned earlier that marriage mm-hmm. calls both man and a woman to step into their greatest fear. Anytime we don't submit... It's because we give way to fear. So when the weak woman doesn't submit and she just becomes a doormat, that's not submission. She's giving way to her fear of if I speak up, he'll get mad. I don't know how to speak up. I don't know where to draw the boundary. The dominant woman also gives way to fear. 
because she's saying, I can't trust God here. I can't trust him to work. That's super wise, you know. I've never thought of that before, how it gives in to fear. Yeah, and when we look at Sarah, even though she's an example, she was not a quiet woman. Mm -hmm. And so when Peter's using that example, sometimes we get in our mind that the submissive woman is the one who never says anything. Mm. Submission is not about whether or not your mouth is moving. It's about the posture of your heart. An amazing thing, you know, as you go back First Peter 3, is that when a wife responds that way, I mean, one of the results is that you will win your husbands. Yes. You know, so that you win husbands that do not believe, you'll win them over without words by the behavior of their wives. That behavior is powerful. It is. In your man's life. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a way that submission actually is a powerful tool of the Lord to win the soul of your man, right? It is so much more powerful than taking control. Hmm. And again, I'm not saying that there's not a time for a godly submissive woman to draw very clear boundaries yeah. and to say, absolutely not. I'm not doing this. There's times when separation are necessary and calling in third parties and not participating in something that's wrong. Mm. That's all part of this. Yeah. But I think we've lost that concept because it's been portrayed as the husband's the strong one, the woman's the weak one, where in essence is saying, no, the wife is the really powerful one. And if you're not careful, you'll misuse your power. Mm. And in your book, Finding the Hero in Your Husband, you give some examples of what this looks like. Talk about those. So I use some examples of women that are like genuinely saying, like, how does this play out in my marriage? So let's say, for example, you've got a husband who changes jobs every year. He keeps wanting to move. And the wife is like, I'm tired of this. It's not good for you. It's not good for us. It's not good for our kids. What does she do in that situation? I think the traditional way of seeing this would be she says nothing. She just encourages him and goes along with it. The bossy way of doing it would be, I'm not moving again. We're done. You can move. We're staying here. That's right. (laughs) The submissive way, the strong way of handling this is really to say, God, there's something in the heart of my husband that is not satisfied. What is it? It's not the job that's the problem. It's not our moving that's the problem. It's that something in my husband is not content. Is it a fear of failure? Is it an inability to respect authority at work. And so the loving wife in that situation would say, we've had nine jobs in 10 years, and this will be the fifth time you've moved our family. That's not okay. Something's wrong here. Something's deeper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And before we take a new job that takes us out of state or, or causes disruption in our life, we need to go through some counseling and really figure out what's underneath all of this. And if that's where God is going to lead us to move again, then I'll be on board with that, but not until we go deeper into what's really happening here. That doesn't sound very submissive, Julie. It absolutely (laughs) is. And you're saying that is being submissive. It is. Being wise, too. But you notice the tone of my voice. You notice the words I spoke. It wasn't out of anger, and there's a time to deal with your anger before the Lord to pour it out before him. Maybe you yourself talking to a mentor or counselor, working through things like this first, so that I can go with a spirit of wisdom and strength that says, I love you too much. I care about our family too much 
to continue down a road that really isn't helpful for any of us. And so what's that wife going to do if her husband responds with, you know what, I don't have a problem. There's no deep-rooted thing here. I've got a better job opportunity and we're moving again. Yeah, I would say, honey, I Hmm. disagree. Hmm. We've been through this. And let's look at the history of where we were a year ago and before that. And I don't think this job is going to meet the needs that you think it is. And even if you're not willing to go to counseling, I need to go Hmm. because I feel like I'm just along for the ride on this. And I'm a partner in this, too. Dave, how would you respond to that? Like if I came to you with that tone, with that heart? Yeah, I mean, if you said it the way Julie said it, mm-hmm. and you probably would, you know, because after years of being married, now I would. I mean, in a sense, I'm sitting here thinking I'm listening to two wise women who have learned probably yeah. through mistakes yes. <laughs> over decades. And so, yeah, you're saying it in a way that a younger wife should listen and go, oh, that's how I say it. Because mm-hmm. you really are training wives to do it. As a husband, I would be like, hmm. I mean, there's part of me that wants to say, I'm good. I don't even want to sit down with a counselor or, you know, get a third-party help. But as a, if I heard it that way, and it's so interesting, it doesn't sound submissive. It sounds powerful, mm-hmm. but it's submission. It's mm-hmm. beautiful how you phrase that. I would be like, that's a wise thing. Mm. You know, before I make a decision, let's do that. Yeah, um, that would be a great way to to move that marriage. And one of the words you use, Julie, that a man loves is "I'm your partner." Mm-hmm. We're partners in yes. this. That's mm-hmm. equality. Yeah. And yet, partners have submission. There has to be mm-hmm. in a team, in a in a company, in a church, in a marriage. And so, it's a beautiful way to do it. I would say to a wife, you are just given wisdom. That applies to not just a job change, but anything that you're feeling in your marriage. Julie just led you to do it. I'd say, wouldn't it be interesting if there were some conversations tonight in bedrooms or in kitchens that were phrased a little bit like that? That could change a marriage. to thank Dave and Ann Wilson along with Bob Lapine and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to impact couples in your neighbourhood? Consider joining with us at Power to Change to lead a home builders couples marriage workshop that focuses on practically applying the truth of scripture to our lives. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab for more information and to get started today. We hope you can join us again on Monday right here for another Family Life Today. Today.